Hello and welcome back to The Daily Royal, a podcast covering the daily events of all the European royal families. Today, we're going to be talking about all of the events from the weekend of November 7th and 8th of 2020. Um, and I am just going to quickly say everything is over in the U.S. A winner has been announced. As you know, I am very happy with the announcement, but that that's it. Um you know, yes, politics will still be discussed on here um, if it relates to the royal families. So as of right now, it will not. Um, I might make a side comment here or there. I will try very hard not to. Um, but if I do, like, I'm a human and sometimes I have those thoughts um, that come out of my mouth. So, you know, I recognize that not everyone feels the way I do and all of that. Um, but I'm who I am. And so like, sometimes things will be said, but unless it is related to the Royal families, I am going to try and from now on keep politics out of this, um, for the foreseeable future. Um, so with that being said, we are going to move right on in to our royals, um, and we are going to talk about the British royal family first. Starting off in the United Kingdom, um, this kind of all rolls into one, so we're just going to talk about it as like kind of a weekend of celebration or commemoration is really the better word to use here, um, because today, Sunday, is Remembrance Sunday in the UK, which is each... Not each, like, not every country celebrates this, but a good portion of countries celebrates Armistice Day in one way or another. Um, in the United States, we call it Veterans Day and celebrate it solely on November 11th. Um, in the UK, they do Remembrance Day, Remembrance Sunday, celebrated on the second Sunday of November. Um, so that's usually around the 11th, but it is held on a weekend instead of whatever day the 11th falls on. Um, and so that was what was being celebrated today by the, and yesterday by the British Royal family. Um, so yesterday, um, there was a festival of remembrance sponsored by the Poppy Legion, um, and the Prince of Wales and Duchess of Cornwall both made appearances during the ceremony. Um, it was shown on BBC, but was pre-recorded. Um, so it wasn't like they were in a crowded auditorium. In fact, they were in an auditorium, but it was empty. Um, so that is what um, was going on there. Um, and then today, actual Remembrance Sunday, the royal family um, celebrated. It's a building called the Cenotaph. I don't, so I don't exactly know what that building 
is necessarily, um, but I, this is where Remembrance Sunday's events are held every year. Um, so this was a scaled down event, but I wouldn't necessarily say it was COVID friendly. Um, so there were definitely less people. Um, there was no public audience, um, but there were still a lot of military servicemen and women, which is fine. Um, so Remembrance Day is um, the day to commemorate the contribution of British and Commonwealth military and civilian servicemen and women um, of the First and Second World War, as well as conflicts um, later. So just like Veterans Day in the US, it does celebrate all servicemen and women for their contribution. Um, so there were servicemen there um, and women but it was, it was scaled down. Um, and so at the ceremony was Queen Elizabeth, the Prince of Wales, Duchess of Cornwall, Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, as well as um, other family members. Um, and so this is usually an event, I think kind of attended by everybody. Um, and then they're, they're spread out on balconies. So this year, um, Queen Elizabeth was kind of in her own balcony with a lady of wait, lady in waiting, um, which is, they're kind of hard to explain, but like, they're definitely there to help the queen with anything she may need, holding her bag, collecting gifts that she's given in like a walkabout, not that a walkabout happened today, but like, that's what they generally are doing, but they're just accompanying her. Um, and so... They were on a balcony, and then uh, the Duchess of Cornwall and Duchess of Cambridge were on another balcony. Um, and then there were other family members, two other family members, on the third balcony. Um, so this was definitely social distanced um, and very safe, and Queen Elizabeth was kept away from everybody, which is good. And then um, down, the military members of the royal family laid wreaths um so i believe charles laid the wreath for queen elizabeth um someone else laid like they just lay wreaths of poppies which is the flower used for remembrance sunday or veterans day even um it's just the flower we use to honor servicemen i don't i don't really know why i haven't learned that other than i think that's probably truly what was growing in Flanders Field. There's like a whole poem um, and, a, and, and a song, but the poem is the song. I don't know. I sang it in high school. Um, but like this is, this is kind of the tradition. Um, it was shocking to me that they held it in as big of a ceremony as they did, given that the UK is in lockdown. But you know, I understand tradition, and it does seem like it was done fairly safely, um, just not super minimal. So that's what was going on through the weekend. Um, and then also today, kind of in the same vein, uh, the Prince of Wales attended the Welsh Guards Black Sunday service, again, Remembrance Sunday. Um, so that's what was going on in the British royal family over the past couple of days. Um, 
And so now we are going to go ahead and move on into Denmark. Denmark, there was one event on Saturday, um, and it was a virtual speech given by Crown Prince Frederick to celebrate the Red Cross, um, specifically their work in, um, during, I guess, the COVID-19 pandemic, um, as well as all the other work they do, but, um, Red Cross has certainly made, not that it's never been not relevant, but it's, um, not super known for like large scale pandemics. I mean, they are always called to disaster zones and like they they've always been an agency that just like comes in and does the work. Um, but like COVID-19 has just like displayed I think how strong they are um and how capable they are. Um so I think it's something that you're seeing um you know, the Danish response has been really, really good. The Spanish response, the Spanish Red Cross response has been really, really good. Um, I think in Belgium, the Red Cross there has been really, really um, crucial. Um, and like where I am in the States, I honestly don't know. Um, at the beginning of the pandemic, I did look into the work that the Red Cross was doing, um, but it was just it's hard to know what organizations are able to get anything done given that my country is kind of avoiding like the reality of COVID, um, for now. So it's just hard. Um, but anyway, the Red Cross just in general is doing incredible work and I have no doubt that the American one is, um, I'm just not seeing it a lot, um, potentially because I don't live in a hot zone or I haven't, you know, dealt with COVID. Um, personally, other than thinking I had it and quarantining for a couple of, you know, for a week. Um, so that's really like, it was a really good speech. I'm pretty sure it was in Danish. The first few words were, um, sometimes the first few words will be in the language that the person like is native in, and then they'll switch into English. That's happened to me a few times. I'll just like watch the beginning and it's all in, you know, Danish or Spanish or French or whatever. And then all of a sudden, like, I watched the whole thing through, and it's in English, um, but I have not watched this whole speech. Um, I have been having a happy weekend um, where I haven't done a lot. I've, I just didn't do a lot of research, and I know I said that would stop after the election, and it will go back to normal probably tomorrow, um, but it was just a glorious weekend, the weather here was really nice. Um, and like, I don't know, it was just a good weekend. So I celebrated and like chilled and kind of caught up on sleep and all the things that I had been missing. Um, I'm cleaning my apartment for the first time in like five days because 
I've just been glued to the news. So it's just kind of been a back to reality kind of weekend for me, which has been really nice and really important. Um, but yeah, so that is what was going on in Denmark. Um, and now we are going to move on to Spain. Like I teased on the episode you probably heard on Saturday, um, King Felipe has done his first, uh, not virtual, um, international, wow, I, virtual is officially in my normal vernacular, okay, um, his first international visit since March 11th. Um, Today, he visited... Actually, yesterday and today, he visited the country of Bolivia for the inauguration of their new president, um, whose name is, I wrote it down, um, I just have to find it, uh, Luis Arque Caracora Movimiento, um, and so he was recently elected in Bolivia, and... Um, this kind of comes out of a really turbulent time for the Bolivian people um, and Bolivian government. So it's hard to remember exactly when this was, um, but there was a president elected in Bolivia. His name, I believe, is Evo Morales. Um, and he was victim to what some people, a majority of people think was a coup. Um, and so he has left the country. He fled Bolivia um, because he was not safe. Um, and then the new president who staged this coup has been kind of running things ever since, um, but was partaking in like the democratic process. Um, and so the current president, well, the former current president, was part of an election where he um, lost to Luis R.K. Catacora Movimiento um, by a significant margin. Um, so in a three-person race, um, Movimiento received 55% of the vote, um, which is... A hefty amount, especially when there are three people running. Um, there aren't usually majorities in that point, but this was a solid, solid win. Um, and he is from the same party that Evo Morales was from um, and is very popular. And I, I'm not sure of his background, um, if it's similar to Evo Morales's or not. But anyway, um, King Felipe was there as... Um, I don't want to, I think he might be the president of the Ibero, Ibero American 
delegation um, just because he's the highest ranking um, because he's a king versus a president. Obviously, they rank higher, sort of. Um, but I believe that is why. I don't know if that's his title or not. But anyway, he has been going to these um, inaugurations or transfer of hands for Ibero America for many, many years. I believe since 96, um, when he was Prince of Astorius, um, he has been going to these. So this is a very normal part of his routine. Um, I was surprised, obviously, given the COVID situation, that he, one, left the country and then two, shook hands with people. That threw me a little. I was like, no, don't shake hands. But um, he does have at least a couple of days off before he returns to public engagements. So hopefully he's being, you know, really careful and will get COVID tested and all of that good stuff. Um, just to make sure he is safe to be around people again. Um, and also for people to be around him. Um, so he held several events, um, a couple of bilats or bilaterals, sorry, um, which are just conversations about the country's two relationships. So one with the, at the time, president-elect of Bolivia, which was held yesterday before the inauguration today. Um, and then as well with the president of Argentina, um, which he attended the Argent, was it Argentina? No, it wasn't. I can't remember. He's attended one other inauguration or transfer of power. Paraguay, Uruguay, one of those two. Um, this year, but it was like really early this year. Um, so he attended the bilat with the Argentinian president um, where they, you know, had a conversation. And then in the evening, this was all kind of held in the evening. Um, I don't quite know what time he landed in Bolivia, but he was on my time zone, which was, or actually he was an hour ahead of me. Um, but which was really interesting. Um, I don't, I don't love when the Royals do that because it makes it really hard to like follow what they're doing throughout the day when it's happening at the same time as I'm living things. Um, but that's okay. It was the weekend. I was good. So he um, also met with the Spanish community in Bolivia. So what I'm, I think this was people who work at like the embassy um, and represent Spain throughout Bolivia. Um, so they are, you know, I'm sure the ambassador, um, civil servants, foreign service, things like that. Um, I'm sure we're all part of this meeting. Sometimes it's like also a large gathering with citizens of Spain that live in other countries. Um, but I don't think given COVID that that can really happen. Um, so yeah, that was the weekend it, in Spain. It was really like, I have mixed feelings about leaving the country right now, like any country, um, just because of COVID and, you know, Spain's situation specifically, but also like most of Europe. Um, I would honestly feel better if it were like a Danish or Norwegian royal family. Not that th this would ever happen, but like 
they're handling COVID fairly well this time around, whereas, like, Spain and the rest of Southern Europe really just aren't. Um, but it's okay. You know, it's definitely something that he is responsible for. Like, that is one of his duties, so I understand. I don't love it, though. Um, but not my, not my king, not my government, not my decision. So that's what was going on in Spain this weekend. Like I said, I think he has at least a couple days off. Um, I think he goes back to engagements Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah, just a normal thing that I don't know how I feel about. Um, just because not what I would have done, but I'm not a government official in Spain, nor am I the monarch. So not my choice. And so with that, we are going to move on to Sweden to finish out this weekend episode. Finishing out this episode, we go to Sweden, where Princess Estelle's uh, training, I hate calling it that, but training continues in the history of the Swedish royal family. Um, so Crown Princess Victoria, Prince Daniel, and Princess Estelle um, visited a statue of Estelle's, I believe it's aunt, t like great aunt times 14. It was a lot of grandfather, grandfather, grandfathers, um, who was the unofficial consort of Sweden. So this is when Sweden and Denmark and by proxy, the Netherlands were all part of, um, under Danish control, but Sweden was really starting to separate and find some independence, Sweden and Norway, because um, they were kind of all considered Sweden at that time. Um, but they were trying to find some independence and had a, like, king who wasn't really the king, but was trying to be. Um, and he was married to Christina, um, who you know, was the consort or would be the queen consort if this all panned out. Um, well, the Danish army invaded Sweden. Um, Christina's husband, whose name I think is Victor or Gustav, I don't really remember. Um, but he was injured. And so she led the fight against the Danish invasion. So it was a very cool history lesson, both for me and I'm sure for Estelle. Um, in learning all about the um, powerful women in the Swedish royal family's history. Because, um, like I said, this is someone she is related to. Now, granted, it's an ancient relation, but that's how royal families go. And so learning this history of how Sweden kind of came to be and what things were done um, had to be really cool. So loving that they're letting us in on her like princess training 
um, because that isn't something that we've really seen from any other royal family. Like they don't show these kinds of engagements that they're doing to teach their children about the history of their country. Um, even though I'm sure it's happening in some way, shape, or form. We just don't know how. Um, so that's what was going on there. Um, a very exciting end to the weekend. Um, yeah, so that is the end of this episode. Um, I do want to say tomorrow um, is a catch-up day. I am planning on working really hard on getting the website um, caught up potentially the Instagram. The Instagram may just go from tomorrow on. I'm not really sure yet. Um, depends on how much time I have. Um, but that is the plan as of right now is to just get really caught up um, after a really seven day break, but like a complete five day break while I've just been glued to the news and everything. But I have set a pretty intense schedule for today, if you're listening to this on the day it was released, to catch up on thedailyroyal.com and the Daily Royal on Instagram, um, as well as some other social media sites. So feel free to check those out. Like I said, slowly catching up. Um, I am about a week behind on everything, so we'll get through it, I hope. Um, it'll just be a slow and steady process um, while I catch up on everything. So with that, um, I am going to finish this recording, edit it, post it, all of that good stuff, and maybe start the process of catching up tonight because it's still kind of early. So that is my plan. I hope to talk to you all tomorrow um, and enjoy the rest of your Monday. Bye.